Oh, welcome back to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Good morning. I'm delighted. Hey, Alistair. Hey, Quinn hey, Mason. <laughs> Unmute yourselves. How are y'all yeah. doing? I'm, I'm doing great. How about you, Quinn? <laughs> Good listen, morning to, to your both. It's spring oh, hey. and, and New Haven is bustling with music. And I'm enjoying this whole Hagen Price Bond love affair that y'all have created within New Haven. Well, thank you. Thank you, Babs. It's, this is a very special concert that we have coming up this week, you know, celebrating Black voices on um, past and present. And, uh, and these three historical figures, Margaret Barnes, Helen Hagen, and Florence Price, of course, comprise three quarters of the, of the pieces on the program. And, and I'm so thrilled to have Quinn Mason to round out the quartet very much alive and well and, uh, and thrilled to be <laughs> playing his music for the first time here with the symphony. I'm glad. Welcome, Quinn. Uh, your your piece is called Joyous Trilogy. Yes, that is correct. And I'm I would imagine, I'm guessing, but correct me, that it has something to do with these three women. Well, I mean, you could you could easily connect it back to it, but really it's a piece that is supposed to be the very embodiment of cheerfulness and uh happiness. And really I wrote it to put um to design uh to sorry to put any listener in a good mood and actually it's a really cool thing that it actually <laughs> follows one of the joyous pieces on the program the florence price piano concerto serious at first but very ends very much joyously yes so alistair I, everywhere i go i'm i'm looking everywhere symphonies across this country are discovering florence price like she she is enjoying like James Brown's status right now. <laughs> like her music is like I, everywhere I go. And because I follow a lot of sym symphonies across the country and everywhere I'm looking, everybody's playing some of her music. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's um, how can I put it Be better late than never. Um, it's a it's a long overdue um, arrival on the scene and uh I, I'm just happy to see that we're we're part of this uh, renaissance um, and renewed interest in in her music. Uh, you know, you see the, the for instance the Philadelphia Orchestra with Yannick Nézé-Séguin, the music director, recording for a major label like uh, Deutsche Grammophon, her first and third symphonies, um, the Grammy that just came for um, uh, for Michel's can Michel's Michel can's recording of works including the piano concerto. Um, it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. So I, I love the fact that you have these three women, these three Black women composers that have a distinctive, unique relationship to New Haven, right? Like it's they are New Haven people, like they are rooted in the New Haven history. Well, certainly uh, Helen uh, uh, Hagen was, as the first, to our knowledge, the first known Black woman graduate from Yale University. And the link that um, it appears that she performed this very, piano concerto with the New Haven Symphony in 1912. Wow. There's also a wonderful, which we can talk about in a second, but there's also the great link between Margaret Barnes and Florence Price because um, Margaret Barnes studied uh, with Florence Price. And so there's that, the total link between the two of them as well. So there's just a nice confluence of circumstances surrounding this, this music. Mm. So, so Quinn, as a, as a young, young composer, you know, because I, I don't think we think of composers as being as young as you are, of this kind of music. Um, so what, what does that, what does that make you think about as you are creating music? Do you, do you concern yourself with 
your your age and and where you fit in with the rest of you know historical figures do you think about that kind of juxtaposition yeah it's quite fascinating um when people read my bio they don't believe that I'm as old as I say it as it says on the program I'm, I'm 27 years old but most of the stuff on my resume makes it look like I've been doing it for 40 years <laughs> and whenever I visit an orchestra or whenever I conduct and stand in front of people that are older than me it really that whole age thing just goes out the window because um it's it, it's really my goal that I let my music speak for myself and that uh that I put the best possible pr uh, product out there so that uh, people don't concern themselves with that. Because really, I, I don't, even though I'm very young, I don't really like people to think of me in terms of like age, but it's just like, it, it, is the music good or not is my concern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. So Alice, when you were pulling this together and you're thinking about what music should go with what music from these three women, and and then I heard uh, Quinn talk about his piece is very deliberately joyous. Was was joyous the the thought? Was that the beginning of of what you pulled together to make this whole concert work? You know that's such a good question. I wish I could remember the answer. Just how <laughs> what led what to to make it all together. I I I will say I'm very very happy with the the overall tone and message of the program. Um, Certainly, Quinn's piece was something that when I when I came across it for the first time, it it made me think this is a piece that I can end the season with. It's not just you know this isn't just another normal kinds of New Haven Symphony. This is the end of the season, so there's a sort of pride of place um, at the what, what you what you want to say at the beginning of a year and at the end of the year. And I thought it would make uh, a, a really nice set of bookends. As you remember, we started the season with Joelle Thompson's To Awaken the Sleeper. Yeah. And then to celebrate the end of the season with Quinn's piece. And I, I will say, by the way, parenthetically, that I had a fantastic lunch a couple of days ago with Quinn and Joelle, who was in town. And the I two saw the picture. Them, <laughs> yeah, you saw the picture. And so this was a meeting of the minds. I could, was actually there where Joelle and Quinn met for the first time. And that was so, so special. Wasn't it, Quinn? <laughs> oh, it was a great time. Yeah, I got to hear Alistair speak French, and it was really cool. <laughs> so where did y'all where did y'all go? Were y'all in New Haven? Where were you? We were at the Choupette, the the crepe uh, place on Whitney, which is owned by a a French guy from Paris. And so I I I'm shameless in just just trying to um, uh, practice my French whenever I'm there, and just have a few words with him, which is fun. <laughs> so. So what was the conversation like between y'all? Were you talking music? Were you talking? What were you talking? Yeah, for the most part, Alistair, would you say? Yeah, I think we I think yeah. we 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 discovered yet again, as if any further proof were needed, what an incredibly small world it was, and that each of the three of us brought different connections and, and friendships and, and uh, collegial relationships, and we had those in common. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will tell you, I have been quite moved by the way that you all have built, the New Haven Symphony Orchestra has built a, a, a real bridge to community, particularly with these three women composers over the last few days. I mean, you you started with something on May 2nd and then it moved to Bloom and then it moved to Dixwell Congregate. Like you, you've really made a community 
you really made this a community effort. Like you really put this squarely in the community's uh, front yard to sort of hear this music and and embrace this music. Was how intentional, I'm sure it was intentional, but but I, I don't know, I've never seen that done before. Well, all, all credit to the um, to the staff and the administration of the orchestra for spearheading those efforts. That's that's squarely uh, in uh, on their shoulders, and and I'm so grateful to to Elaine and Katie and and Caitlin and uh, all of the people that that have reached out um, uh, beyond the, the the walls of our um, of our offices to to make this uh, celebration in the community at large. So mm. I'm very grateful to them for doing that. So. So uh, I, I'm excited about I'm excited about this concert, but I and and we'll come back to talking about these three extraordinary women. But then you've got June coming up with the Arts and Ideas, and you've got the the uh, the uh, incomparable Angelique Kijou singing with the orchestra, which is just mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> what what's that like? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you on June 10th, but I, I, I think it's going to be great. And I should also note that uh, we'll also be uh, featuring uh, a Joyous Trilogy again on that program as the first piece. So Quinn may or may not, he's, he's a busy, busy person these days, aren't you, Quinn? But you might be able to possibly come down and, and, and be on hand for that. And we'll have an even bigger audience, I, I imagine, since we're on the green. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be in Hartford at that time. Uh, currently, I'm artist in residence with the Hartford Symphony. So okay. it's, it's not betrayal me being over here this week, but um, <laughs> we're yeah. all family. It's all family. <laughs> yeah, but I'm definitely uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to get over here for that. Mm -hmm. So so Allison, when you when you're building this this piece with with uh, these three magnificent women, do you do you call up Quinn and say, listen, <laughs> like, how does that how does that relationship work? And 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 because I, I I would imagine Alice, you could pick anybody to sort of add to this to this trio, but you called him. What was it about him and his music and style of composing that you just thought, all right, this I like this. Well, as as Quinn was saying just a minute or two ago, the, the most important thing is how is the music itself, and and in in this piece that Quinn's written, it's just the as he says, it's the perfect embodiment of joy and sunniness, and I I wanted that to be the the last sound that we're ringing the audience's ears from the end of our classic season, um, and so it's tailor made for that. I don't know if Quinn, you were saying that actually it's not. Mostly, it's done as an opener, right? But this is one of the first times you're seeing the piece done as a closer. I hope you, I hope you think it works. I think it feels like it does. Oh, it ends with a bang! I think it's perfect as a closer. Closer. Mm. And um, and so, go ahead, Alistair. No, no, please, please, Beth. So, um, I I love this idea of joy because there's so much heartbreak right around the world, in this country, in community. I mean, we are up to 199 mass shootings in this country and more to come, I'm certain. And and it's hard, we're hard pressed to find some joy in, in things. So how important is it to to deliberately say we're gonna we're gonna be joyful? Either one of you could talk. Quinn, about go for it. <laughs> um well, you know, it's it's quite interesting as a composer, especially, you know, writing music now in this time, what 
figuring out what I want to write about and what I want to communicate to different audiences, different orchestras, because I mostly specialize in writing for the orchestra. And so a joyous trilogy is now about three years old. It was actually premiered in February of 2020, right before the pandemic. But I find that a lot of orchestras are playing it nowadays on these programs where we're celebrating almost, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic and we're starting to go towards hopefully better times and things like that. But, you know, during the pandemic, I was writing all of this kind of introspective, almost depressing music. And to hear and see Joyous Trilogy being done in so many different places and and bringing joy to so many different orchestras, conductors, um, audience members, uh, it really it really does me proud. Mm. Mm. So, so Allison, when we when we when we think about these three amazing women um, who were composing at, at at I imagine had to be a most difficult time um, in in this country, and they still managed to create this beautiful work. How do you how do you what what do you want us to know about when we listen to this music? How the context of time and place and framework? How should we be thinking about that? Well, I think you put your finger on it, that it's it's really important to understand this in a historical context. Um, let's talk about Helen Hagen for a minute. She wrote this piano concerto from, like I believe she was 19 years old, um, mm, which is wow. astonishingly young to be able to deal with a, a complex form. Now, as we know, that unfortunately, the only movement that survived uh, of the three original three movements is the first movement, um, but it can stand on its own because it has a progression uh, and big triumphant ending as, as if it were actually the ending of a whole concerto, um, the, although there were two movements that would have originally followed it. But all of this was taking place when she was um, quietly blazing a trail at Yale University um, as a very young woman. And then she would go on to, uh, to move to Paris and then to uh, serve during the First World War, entertaining the troops. Um, it's part of a, a larger life story, but it's, it was at the beginning um, so it's important to realize that the kind of um, in all on the behalf of all three women uh, that we are talking about here, that this must have taken a tremendous amount of perseverance and quiet self-confidence because all the signs were pointing against them. People saying, no, you can't or shouldn't be doing this. And their act of, it's almost a, an act of, I don't want to say defiance, but of just of, of approving things wrong. It's like, no, I have a voice. I am going to express it. And it's just, it's great to be able to bring those thoughts alive the way that they should be. These pieces are never written. Um, they're never intended to be sitting on in pieces of paper in libraries. Um, they're intended to be brought to life. And then so bringing these women's voices to life is, is a real honor. And I think that's the message I'd like people to take away with them. Uh, they, these are women that strove and persevered against considerable odds to practice their craft and to um, make their voice heard. And we're just helping it out. Mm. So, so Quinn, when you are composing music, I mean, uh, these three very black women uh, at, at in the early 1900s, trying to write this, doing doing this work, and here you are, this young man in this millennium. Um, 
do you do you see some similarities? Do you feel some of some of the 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 race pressures that maybe they not that you could experience what they experienced, but do you feel some of the remnants of that? Do you because classical music is still very much white? It's yeah, white. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have to say that things are taking a a dramatic turn for the better. And it's surprising that it's actually quite recent that things are taking quite a turn for the better. I would have to say in the last five years, we're starting to see more uh, minority composers, underrepresented, I should say, on the programs. And, you know, like Florence Price Renaissance began a little over five to six years ago. And now we're starting to see her everywhere. But, you know, thanks to the perseverance of those three uh, fabulous women composers and other composers like uh, William Dawson, who, you know, New Haven Symphony played their ne- his Negro Folk Symphony a few weeks ago, I think. And also the amazing William Grant Still, who uh, is, you know, known as the Dean of African-American composers. You know, they also blazed a trail to make room for composers like myself in the 21st century to be able to find a place in the concert hall. And now, you know, um, as I'm beginning to uh, build my career, I'm still at the beginning. I know I've done all this stuff, but I'm still on the way up. Uh, I find it um, that I feel that it's the time to build on the lineage they have left for us, I would have to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what inspires you, Quinn, uh, when you compose? Like, where, where do you take your inspiration from? All sorts of sources. I mean, uh, I like to read a lot. So sometimes I find my uh, inspiration in like literature, uh, like poetry and things like that, sometimes novels. But I also like to uh, write about things that I uh, think deeply about. Sometimes I think that I spend too much time thinking deeply about things. (laughs) And so I've written pieces about time travel. I've written pieces about human emotion. I've written pieces about uh, renewal and rebirth and things like that. And it's it's stuff that, you know, is near and dear to me. And I find that whenever I write it and then orchestras play it, it connects to uh, different audiences and and finds, um, it really speaks to the human soul I've found. Um, because so you know, my my thing is if it speaks to me, hopefully it finds a way to speak to someone else. Mm. So Alison, when you hear a young composer, contemporary, I, I don't I don't I maybe not contemporary, but when you when you hear when you hear a young composer talk about you know the inspiration of music, um what what does that do for you? Because as a as a music director, you you want to as the young people say, you want to put them on. And you got to balance it with the Beethovens and the and the and the you know the the other greats of the back in the day and of the day. You have to balance that out because you have an audience that might not know Quinn yet, but they know Beethoven and they know Chopin and they know you know they know all of that and they love that stuff. How do you how do you balance that? Well, uh, it's like creating a menu. You want to, uh, at a restaurant, to have a a variety of tastes, a variety of styles. Um, I think the minute you you hear the first five seconds of Quinn's piece and it will make you sit up and start to put a long smile on your face. Um, And just hearing Quinn talk about what his artistic uh, priorities are and everything just makes me very, very happy to see... um, 
somebody that uh, that thinks very deeply and creatively, but also his his mode of expression is so genuine and direct and has a sort of a, a direct line to what I think audiences love to listen for without in any way pandering or or making it um, I don't know uh, artificially palatable. I mean, it's it's it it's works so beautifully from. From every point of view, uh, he's uh, incredibly connected to the way an orchestra sounds and how to how to make the orchestra sound absolutely at its best. Uh, I mean, Quinn, you, you know, I talked a little bit about you know when we were sitting out after lunch the other day, and the, every question that I asked you about the score is like, well, it's pretty much already there. You were just confirming, so you had this uncanny ability to to know exactly how it, what you hear in your mind is reflected exactly on the paper. And um, um, I, I, it makes, I, you know what, Babs, it makes my job a lot easier because I just have to say to the orchestra, just do what he says and it will come out exactly the, the way it should. <laughs> I, I, I love it. So, Alison, you, you're winding down your, 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 your commitment to the New Haven Symphony Orchestra and to New Haven. What, what, what are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to do? How do you, how do you want to go out? What do you, what do you, can you give us a sneak peek of what you're planning for your, for your last seasons? And- My last season, which actually will have me on the podium more than the current season. I want to make sure that, that people understand I'm not quite, I'm not quite done yet. I'll be conducting all through the fall next season. And then also two more concerts in the spring. We're not quite, um, uh, 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 we are just on the cusp of announcing the season, but I can tell you, uh, and Quinn, you can talk a little bit more about this, that on my last concert uh, a year from now, we'll be featuring a brand new piano concerto that Quinn has written and for which the New Haven Symphony is a co-commissioner. Wow. So that's really exciting. That's be on my very last concert as music director. Quinn, you want to say a little bit about that? Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it hasn't even been announced. But yeah, it's actually right. we're a collaboration with the uh, the renowned pianist Laura Downs and uh, several U.S. orchestras are co- uh, co-commissioning it. Um, we're doing a reading of it this summer with the, at the Brevard Music Center, where I was a student in 2018. So I'll be coming back and doing that. But yeah, so I, I didn't even know you were conducting that, Alistair. That's great. <laughs> I, I was wondering when I was going to work with you again. There you go. We've already got a date. There you already go. There date. you go. Mark it in your calendar. So, um, uh, and there's there's one other person that's part of this concert on Friday. Uh, M- Michelle Can. She's doing a piano soloist. Tell me a little bit about her, Alistair and Quinn. I I don't know her. Oh, well, she's she's fantastic. Uh, she's on the faculty at the Curtis Institute. Uh, she's a distinguished pianist, uh, um, a great deal of flair. This is the first time that she and I are working together. But uh, Quinn, you've uh, you've uh, come across her before. Is that right? Oh, funny story about that. So the last time I met Michelle Can was last season, um, and it was at the South Bend Symphony Orchestra. She was she's doing the Florence Price Piano Concerto on this concert. Last time I saw her, she did the Florence Price Piano Concerto on that concert with my joyous trilogy being played. And the oh. conductor's name there is also also Alistair, but it's <laughs> Alistair Willis. So different Alistair, same piece. I'm a little confused by this even, and I'm not quite sure what to think about it. But when these coincidences happen, so somehow or other, these two pieces seem to be, I don't know if they're joined at the hip, but they certainly make a perfect complement to one another and that's that's the second half of the program 
I, I love it. So the concert is Friday night, Friday evening, Friday night uh, at the uh, at the Lyman. How's that relationship? How, how are you feeling working at the Lyman? How's that feel? We've been so grateful to SCSU for giving us our home this year. Um, and and we've we've I'm, I'm really happy that we've been doing all of these um ancillary events surrounding uh, surrounding the program we're hoping that that we'll get a good contingent from SESU coming to this 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 concert um so yeah been very very grateful to the to the university for hosting us mm. and do, do you feel like people are tuning more into classical music than you've seen in in years past i mean does it feel like it's like there's a new audience rediscovering classical music do you feel like that or or do you think uh, we're just we're at the beginning of re of reconnecting people to this music. I that's a that's a gosh. I wish I had a definitive answer to that question. I think more the latter. I think we're still emerging from uh, the pandemic. I think the ripple effect is is going on, and we're, I'm not quite sure how it ends or where it ends or if it ends. Uh, um, the landscape is for me is still very very fluid, and there's just not enough hard data to know where people's lives are these days. I don't know. That's just my um, unsure perspective. Quinn, what, what what do you think? What has it looked from where you're standing? I think now that the, the pandemic, we're coming out of it, there's a, I think the hunger for live music is even more intense than it was before the pandemic. I mean, we got people coming out to the concert hall now, um, slowly but surely. And now I'm starting to see sold out concerts again, but now it, it makes, it, I, I would have to say like being without live music for so long makes, makes people really appreciate what they have mm -hmm. and what they missed out on. You know, some people uh, just are just, are just so happy that live music is back and not having to listen to and I'm not joking when I say this. I mean, I had several, oh, during the pandemic, I had several world premieres over Zoom. <laughs> it, it was it was that the the hunger was that that intense but yeah. now that it's back people are well, there's nothing like the experience and we're realizing that mm, mm. so so uh alistair i did go to all three concerts of of the folks who are looking to uh be in the big chair that you occupy now at the new haven Sym symphony orchestra and i was quite impressed at the quality of the talent that showed up and showed out uh, presenting their their talents to us, and uh, I, I I don't know if you get to see any of that or hear about any of that, but you would be quite proud of the folks that showed up. Well, that's great. I've I've been um, very careful to make sure that I'm in no way connected to the decision making process. I don't want anybody to think that I have my thumb on the scale. Um, process is really important because that affects the outcome to whoever. Um, follows me in the position and I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to number one, stay out of the way until <laughs> that decision is made. And then I'm, I will be available to my successor to, to help in any way that they may choose to ask for or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I haven't been around for any of that um, uh, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Well, it was a great show of talent. I will say that I've, I've been Wonderful. to all the concerts and it's, it's a, it's a tough choice. No one can follow you. I would I will no, that's definitively not say that. <laughs> but we will somebody will emerge. <laughs> and and, and there's a good 
a good crop of talent. So people should be very pleased at the folks that showed up and uh and uh gave 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 good uh gave their talents to us. That was amazing. So 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 Quinn, when you think about your future, when you think about moving forward, I don't know how far in advance that you could think about your future, but what what is the what is the dream for you? The dream well, I have a lot of dreams. Um and uh, the, um, there's some I'm still, you know, working towards, um, including um, working on my conducting. Um, it's quite interesting week I've had here in New Haven, including um, at a rehearsal, I think now two days ago, uh, Maestro Neil actually um, wanted to listen in the hall to my piece to see how it sounded. So he um, actually said, come conduct your piece with the New Haven Symphony. And the orchestra was fantastic. And they really, uh, yeah, they're no joke here. They really can play very, very well. So that was fun. But I'm looking on expanding on that skill um, quite a lot because I have some guests conducting next season. But this summer, actually, I'll be spending at the Eastern Music Festival. I'm going to be studying conducting with Gerard Swartz. Mm. Good. I'm still going to be composing though. I mean, I have deadlines and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted I wanted to say that I knew when I asked Quinn to conduct his piece, I was putting the orchestra in safe hands because I saw Quinn on YouTube conduct this very piece, and I was I was doubly blown away not just by the piece, but uh, Quinn as a composer, but also as a conductor. He's not just a composer that happens to be able to conduct. Um, uh, and I'm really going to be following Quinn, your, your conducting career with great interest as well, because I think that's, that's, as you were just saying, that's, that's something that's ahead of you. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see that the future for you in both of those regards as composer and conductor. Mm. Thank you. Uh, so Elsa, have, have, have you and your husband found a place to live yet? And, and. <sighs> <laughs> yes, we have. That, we, that's uh, the news we I really a... want to know. <laughs> now we're really now the really important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we found we found a great place in the center of Paris last month. We'll oh, I um, love that. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, uh, not too far, reasonably close, about twelve minutes walk from the Opera House, and uh, to. It's a cool neighborhood, and and we've got this like old eighteen seventy building that we're in, and. Um, but it does have an elevator, thank God. Um, oh, thank uh, God. Yeah, so it's all it's all good, and we're going to be sort of transitioning the move in some around the beginning of September. But I'll be coming back and forward regularly throughout the parts of the season next next year from Paris to New Haven. So wow. it's all good. Thank you for asking. Oh no, because listen, you know Paris is one of my favorite places, and uh, and and hopefully I'll pop when I pop over. I'd like to at least see you for cocktails or something. Absolutely. I, I think that there's a croissant with your name on it. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I, and I know all the vegan patisseries, so. They they got them there. Yeah. They, and they, Quinn, damn. you too. You've got, to, you've got to get yourself over to Paris. I got to get a passport first. Oh, come on, yeah, Quinn. Yeah, I know. When you get I off know. this Zoom, you go get a pass. You go start that application process. I'm working on it. Because <laughs> we're going to be in Paris and you won't be. And we want you to be in Paris with us. No, so no. Let's make it happen. Go, we can all go to concerts sure. and hear good music. So, I, I so appreciate you, Alistair, for coming on, and I so appreciate meeting you, Quinn. I'm so looking forward to this concert tomorrow. Like, I am truly looking forward to it because I think this is such a, it's such a wonderful, uh, just it's just so good to see 
black women composers centered in this way. I can't tell you what that means. And I'm no musician, but I, I am just grateful um, that these women are getting their due. Um, um, and it's a long overdue due. So thank y'all. Our so pleasure. Nice to see y'all. Thanks for having us. So I will see Thanks you, Alistair, before you go lots and lots and lots of times. And, yes. Uh, and Quinn, I'm going to be following along with you because I am interested in your career too. So thank you. And maybe you'll come back when you're launching other things. So thank you all. Oh, so no much. doubt I'll be back. Yes, Good you work. will be back. Thank you all so much. I will see thank you tomorrow you. night. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye thank now. you. Thank Bye. you, New Haven Symphony Orchestra, for coordinating this whole conversation. I appreciate you all. And uh, I will see you all soon. Great. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Paul. Harry, thank you so much. I'll see you later, Harry, tomorrow. And uh, y'all be safe out there in these streets. And uh, go over to the NHSO.org and get your tickets for uh, tomorrow's concert. And don't forget Audra McDonald on Monday. Oh, my God. Don't miss that because you will be very, very sad. I'll see y'all. <laughs> <laughs>